Hello and welcome to the worst movie ever made, an experimental movie podcast designed with one thing in mind, to find the worst movie ever made. I'm your host, Chris Ackman. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow mad scientist, Rob Scucci and Bob Hasek. Hey guys, how are you and why are we doing this? I am I am more than great. Um, I'm thrilled to talk about On Deadly Ground, starring Steven Seagal, which um, critics have considered the room to be like the um the citizen kane of bad movies uh, uh, yeah. yeah the citizen kane of bad movies yeah i think i think on deadly ground is <laughs> the room of action movies so i think it comes full circle actually um, I'm, I'm i'm hoping that bob will uh will tell us how he's doing and then uh give us a little um you know explain the movie for us a little bit because uh i did it last week and i'm gonna pass it around i think yeah, uh, so this is a movie that Steven Seagal starred in and directed, which is obvious when you watch it. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> it's basically, let me see if I can sum this up quickly. It's a man who is uh, uh, sympathetic to the Native American, uh, yet unsympathetic to every other human on the earth. <laughs> just, yeah. wants, just wants to kill and destroy everyone else. Uh, that is true. This was absolutely atrocious in every way, and, and we subjected ourselves to this because Chris loves a train wreck. I do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he um he like operates explosions at rigs. I I don't. What does he do? I don't really yeah. understand his job. I I yeah. thought I'd get that out of the way because we're not going to talk about it too much. But like he goes in as a specialist and controls the explosion when the the yeah. rig is about to blow. I don't yeah, really like, get he's, it. He's so like the I, only I, guy that can that can fix oil rigs. Yet he's also the most deadly, deadly like CIA ex CIA agent ever to exist. Yeah. So my understanding is when rigs blow up, they explode, and I think he makes like a controlled implosion. So yeah. like, he minimizes the. Um, he's like a PR, big a, a PR pawn for Aegis Oil because he, when he he um he lowers the amount of collateral damage that happens when they when their faulty equipment explodes and wrecks the environment. Which is crazy what, that yeah. you would even need a guy to do that. That might you know draw a question. Like, hey, are they using faulty equipment? Because why are their rigs blowing up so much that they need a specialist to control the yeah. explosions? It's just so anyway, Steven Seagal controls explosions for Aegis Oil, uh, yeah. Michael Caine's company. And uh, then he realizes that there's uh, there's some mischief afoot and uh, he goes on and kills everyone. And that's the movie. <laughs> I just wanted to explain it. Um, just and, so, just and, so everyone and- He's awesome on every front. There's he has there's nothing wrong with him. He's just so badass oh, and so cool and so so <laughs> redeemable in every way. Every <laughs> that, that's a through line in no. every movie he does. <laughs> he can't have any flaws. He can't be a complex character. Anywho. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys are doing well. And uh that is the plot for you. So let's throw it to YouTube. Sure. Okay, so I got a few. Um, this one's a call and response. Um, first comment is Steven Seagal always has this I'm constipated look on his face, lol. <laughs> and then the um the Truth. reply is all one word, no space is on dead ground. <laughs> ground? <laughs> yeah. <Just> underground. <laughs> um all caps. Another one of my favorite movies of Steven Seagal. Thank you, YouTube. And YouTube is hyphenated. 
Um, okay. <laughs> next one. I finally saw this after Fanboy Flicks review of it. It's not a terrible movie, and it has some cool moments in it. And I think it was a bit heavy-handed in its messaging, but overall, it's decent. Um, okay. The Earth is our grandmother. It's so awesome to see real Native <laughs> people in this movie. Keep on living your life. And then I have one more, and it's for a bingo card purposes. In case anyone was wondering, yes, this is the movie that South Park was making fun of when they referenced it in the episode, like when Randy is wearing the same jacket as Steven Seagal, and Man Bear Pig <laughs> comes from this movie when they say Man Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about Man Bear Pig when they say Man Bear, which is really yeah, funny. And, and, um, if... The overlogging episode, if we don't treat the internet with the respect that <laughs> If uh, quick question: If Earth is our grandmother, then who is our mother? America? Mother, mother, Earth? Middle Earth. America, America, America is our mother. America, yeah, America yeah. Mothers. Okay, I like it. All right, got it. All right, let's do it to test number one: the worst of its kind. Sure. I think you might have a really big load of grumpy petrified poop up your soul's ass. Which is the worst of its kind? Under siege. Seagal, mm. maybe his best movie, a 79. Okay. Yes. Hard Target, something we know uh, something about. Why, Rob? If that was, uh, if you go to www.theworstmovieevermade.com, <laughs> in one of our earlier seasons, we do talk about Hard Target starring um, um, Wilfred Brimley and Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I gave Wilfred top billing because he carried the show. <laughs> Make you a Jack Rabbit slap the bear. Uh, yeah. JCVD is 60% there. True Lies with Arnie, a 70. Demolition Man, another one we've done. Yeah. Uh, Stallone and Snipes, that one came in at 62. Uh, we did that because a uh, a fan and friend suggested it for the pod, so take that as a suggestion, you out there in the audience. If you want to email us a, a movie you want us to do, uh, you also must make fun of us in the email. We'll do it. Uh, yes. And then the Equalizer with Denzel, a 60%, giving us... An outrageous average of 66.2. Uh, do either of you know the score this week? That's been a trend this season. I, I don't, um, but no, Basically. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go float around the 20s. I'll say 22. Okay, I'm going based on the YouTube comments. I only snippeted a few of them, but this was I, I got my comments off the paid one, the one you have to like buy yeah. or rent on YouTube. Yeah, and they were overwhelmingly positive uh, and like anybody that talked about the cheese mentioned that you know you know but this is a product of its time it's still a great movie so i'm gonna say like sure. 40 47 okay all right uh 12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah really rough season so far for rotten tomatoes and negative yeah. 54.2 and the worst of its kind uh, that is around the average for every fucking movie we've done this season, guys, yeah. because this season, the seasons <laughs> seem to get worse and worse as we go. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that uh, compares to Leonard Part 6, our current season champion. Uh, later, for now, we're going to summarize the movie once more, but this time with a little more fun. And test number two, ain't that a pitch? Test number two. Oh, hi, Mark. This is the beginning of a scene. We talk about the movie, make the movie about the movie. In this case, the room. Ain't that a bitch? Okay, uh, I'll go first. I went last last time. Does that seem yeah, fair? Go for it. Yeah. I'm not like super thrilled. My uh, Forrest Taft can become invisible. The chances of you beating him minuscule. 
He's got all the guns. Looks good when he runs. I think Steven Seagal thinks he's invincible. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to go, Bob, or you want me to go? I'll go. Okay. There once was a man who was named Steve, whose acting skills were meant to deceive. Bad taste and poor choices, Rotten Tomatoes score decreases. 100 minutes of my life were thieved. Okay. <laughs> um, there once was a man who ran funny. Taking down the man with oily money. He types like a doofus when he raids the computers. But still, the entire time, he's kind of scummy. <laughs> he is kind of scummy. Uh, I'm going Rob Four. I- I'll agree. I'll agree to that. All right. Rob Four Star. Very nice, oh. Rob. It was the, it was the opening, the, the ran funny thing for me, yeah. I think. I really enjoyed that. Armed by his side. I think I mentioned it before. There's a Seinfeld episode where like Elaine gets criticized for like not moving her, her dancing. Oh walks. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like she's going through physical therapy to like learn to swing her arms like a regular person. And meanwhile, there's a guy like a crippled guy like trying to learn to walk again next to her. But like they're <laughs> highlighting her struggle instead of his. <laughs> this reminds me of that every time. That's messed up. All right, uh, test number three. Speaking of which, uh, the most offensive. Yeah. Hey, do you guys want to talk about all the offensive parts that we witnessed in this movie? In a few minutes, bitch. Uh, it's Inuits, not Eskimos. <laughs> They're still saying yeah. Eskimos in this movie. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's just funny to listen to. Uh, wanton destruction of a small business. The uh, bar owner asks Steven Seagal's character not to destroy the bar. And he does it anyway while beating up all of the uh, oil workers who are, in my opinion, probably innocent of anything but defending their friends. Yep. One fucking loudmouth. And boys, that seemed funny. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk about that in, at length later. Uh, so the guy from Scrubs, you know, the one that with like no upper lip. I think yeah. everyone knows that actor's Dr. name Dr. except Kelso. for me. I think he, I Dr. Kelso on Scrubs. I don't, I don't know. know. I never watched. No, not, not Kelso. Uh, yeah, Kelso is the older guy. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. I know who you're talking it's, about, though. It's like yeah. a short name. It's like Ray or Ron or yeah. Dan or something like that. Anyway, uh, he <laughs> he is guilty of tapping the tribal team, uh, the tribal chief. He shoots the the chief of the, the tribe. Yes. Yeah. The Inuit tribe. For yeah. what? Uh, he he like defends himself by saying that they attacked him. Uh, obviously, they did not. I don't think the movie needed to go there to make him any more evil because he had already like cut the guy's fingers off or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just just so that's a goal is more just in in beating him up later and killing him yeah. or whatever. Um. Okay. Bear with me on this one, number four. Uh, I'm just gonna have to explain this one. Sometimes I'm I, I just can't help myself. Seagull's Sexkimo Bear Battle Spirit Walk. <laughs> Sexkimo. I like it. It was so weird, man. I'm, I'm telling you, like they, they were, it was like one of those out of focus, like dream sequences. And he's stabbing a bear in the back, and then he's in like a, in like a hut with a bunch of like naked <laughs> Inuits. Uh, yeah. Eskimo's in this movie, and he's like thinking about banging him, but he's like strangely asexual in his movies, even yeah. though he's like groping everybody on set. And it yeah. was kind of a spirit walk, and it was really weird and dumb, and I thought it was offensive, and I hated it. <laughs> so was that, that before or after he gets like thrown like a rag doll by a bear into the river? <laughs> <laughs> That's after. Well, so he stabs. 
<laughs> he stabbed the bear a few times in the back. He like tackled it and stabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, the, the amount of nudity in this film was like almost shocking. Yeah, considering <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's totally unnecessary. Um, well, I kind of alluded to this already, but um, when he is at the rig later, he is number five, annihilating innocent oil workers. Oh, totally. Yeah, these guys are just trying to get by and do their fucking job, you know, and and he's just beating them senseless or killing them literally. It's one of the many contradictions in this movie because, like, they're the salt of the earth working class guys that are just like, yeah, they're not involved in the the evil that's being orchestrated around them. They're just like trying to make an honest buck. Well, it, this is probably to um to to your point and to Bob's because he he was alluding to this as well. But um, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that he would he would kill the oil engineers. But also, why is he just running up and stabbing a bear? Aren't we supposed like the the, the uh, <laughs> tribal chief? It's talking about bears like bears were made by the raven to defend the land from men. Yeah. So, like, bears in this movie are supposed to be um, the protectors of the land. Like, yeah. us us men who are no longer afraid of the bear. And he is one of them because he's running up and stabbing. I, I just The bear was supposed to be uh, a force for good, I thought, in this movie. And he's yeah. trying to kill one. And I, I just didn't get it. Well, they, they tried to redeem... The, uh, the the bear thing, I totally agree. But he tried to redeem the workers thing by at one point during the the final big scene, he like tells a bunch of workers, "Get out of here! It's gonna blow." I'm like, "Yeah, those guys you saved, like I just didn't get it. <laughs> you just you don't have time them. to kill them <laughs> after you yeah. kill 150 men. <laughs> I don't have time to kill you. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll kill you later." <laughs> uh, number six, hella chopping henchmen. I, I think yeah. this is I think yeah. this is what happened to uh, the guy from Scrubs, right? Yes. Yeah. Like they're having the the fist fight, and then he just throws him into the uh, helicopter blade, uh, a la Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I believe it was. That yeah. was, that was the first Indiana Jones. Oh, was it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and um, twenty eight weeks later, Raiders of the Lost well. Oh, really? Yeah. When uh, when they're running from the zombies in the final scene, they they they're driving the helicopter, they tilt it forward, and it's like, <laughs> it's like okay, well, like yeah. forty people. Um, number seven, blowing a big uh, oil rig to escape an environmental emergency. <laughs> Explain yeah. that one to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no Rob, you, you had said this in our in our text stream, but what what yeah. good does it do? Like, how do you uh, prevent an uh, environmental uh, collapse? If you know, by like he said something about like converting the uh, preventers from spilling oil. Yeah. But what does that matter when you ex like blow up the entire place? I, I feel like, like that we doesn't, keep, we keep getting into catch all territory, but yeah, it's like his job in the beginning of the film is control oil rig explosion is to minimize <laughs> the damage. And then in the final act, he just destroys the oil rig. The, the, the biggest one ever made. <laughs> ac yeah. According yes. to Michael Caine's character. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to be um, something that we're going to be like FEMA is going to be working on for the next 10 years after that. Right. Yeah. To save the wildlife. Thanks to Steven Seagal. All right. I got that's all I have. Uh, you guys want to mention anything else you found offensive about this movie that I didn't mention? Oh, it's all catch, uh, my, it's all catch my, all for me, but you go ahead, Bob. Michael Caine had had one that I thought you would have got. He uh, when when he comes across Seagal late in the movie, he's with the girl who is kind of Asian looking. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And he, he calls her a slope, which is. Really oh, bad. my God. <laughs> I did not catch that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, there's that. That's going to go into a mini game of the future if it wins. Yeah. 
And that's gonna rank up there. It's up there. Oh with my god! No, I did not catch that. Holy shit! We should have an episode called Hard Argit. Casual racism. Oh man, from such surprising movies like Hot to Trot, <laughs> and uh, and Ice Pirates. I feel like yeah. is another one that said some right. really awful shit. Uh, all right, test number four: the worst dialogue. Do you like what you see? Would you like to touch what you see? Would you like to go out with me? Would you like to fuck me? Just the worst dialogue. No one has ever said that ever. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm still stuck on it. I never yeah. won't be. We we need a new season, so that's not a bumper anymore. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, let's start slow with number five. It's a secret. Our man in D.C. finds nothing on this guy before 1987, which means either he was born fully grown or his background is so top secret it doesn't even flag top secret when you run his jacket. That's beautiful. Why, what's the matter? What's that supposed to mean? Well, if I had to guess, I'd say it means he's company. Company? Oh, now Forrest has been in the CIA? I don't think so. CIA. NSA, maybe. DOD. Oh, whatever he is, he's a damn problem. He's just too good. He's too I know, good. It, that's uh, that's just a, a taste. <laughs> that's just a taste of how many times did Steven Seagal need to do this? It's like it's like definitely in the way that uh, Bill Cosby was with Leonard. Only like he knows he's projecting. Like yeah. he wants to be such a badass. For some reason, in every Steven Seagal movie, you don't learn about his secret military history until later in the movie. But this one, it actually it took a long time to to find yeah. out exactly who he is and what he does. Oh, if you ever do, really. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love those like, OK, characters need to now imagine when you get your script and your um, what's the drill sergeant guy's name? Do you guys remember <sighs> and the uh, his character name oh, or his no, actual name? Guy, his right? actual name. Yeah, the uh, former Arl- little guy. Arl- Arlie Ermey. Arlie Ermey, thank you. Imagine if you're Arlie Ermey and you read the script and you know that you're going to have to read these lines about Stephen Seagal as written by someone who is a yes man to Stephen Seagal, the director of the movie. Like how how hard you're rolling your eyes. I'd have trouble to like resetting my eyes after rolling them after reading the script. Yeah. It's got to be so hard to deliver lines like that about the person, you know, the star of the movie who's directing it, writing that about himself. I mean, let, let's be real. It's Steven Seagal with his hands all over this. <laughs> what, what, one of the scenes Arlie Ermey is reading is he's he's reciting the lines about Seagal, and it looks like he's reading it off the screen. Yeah. Like, uh, we may we may get to that in just a moment. Okay. <laughs> um, this goes to what I said about like movies from the eighties and nineties. They didn't have the foresight to realize that like all the shit would be archived for everyone to watch whenever they want. Right. And, like, I feel like when people take these gigs, they're like, I'll get some shit for like three months when it's in the theater, and then people will forget about it. And then like we, we we remember it. So that's <laughs> yeah, it. here <laughs> we are. <laughs> all these long years late. Nineteen twenty nine. What is it? Twenty nine years ago? Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. Ugh, gross. <laughs> okay, number four. Yarg. Impossible. Another good one. This one's for you, Rob. Mr. Jennings, I thought you wanted us to kill this motherfucker. How are we supposed to shoot him with all these cops standing around here, huh? I don't think so. But, Gruder, it is essential we have the FBI here to cover ourselves legally. 
and it sure as hell will help with the press. They'll take the fall for anything that happens. Look, don't worry about the FBI. We all know they couldn't find a hooker in a whorehouse anyway. I mean, seriously, this guy'd have to be fucking out of his mind to try to get in this place now. Then we should count on that, Mr. McGruder. Forrest Taft is the patron saint of the impossible. And if only you'd done your job as you're supposed to, it wouldn't have come to this. <laughs> patron saint <laughs> of the impossible. <laughs> Who wrote that fucking line? Steven Seagal wrote that yeah, in a, he bath, in a bathrobe in his like candlelit study with a feather. <laughs> we all know this to be true. He, you know, he was like getting his movies mixed up and he's like, I'm the patron saint of the impossible, Senator Trent. Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> then he goes to bed, blows the candle out, and kisses like an eight by eleven foot portrait of himself before rolling over. <laughs> And then he and then he rolls over and kisses the one he has in bed next to him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you may be sensing a theme for the dialogue here. Um, Let's throw it to number three. This one's he. He says it was nothing. He thought you were a bear. He still thinks you might be a bear. He hasn't decided yet. No. <laughs> you tell him I'm a mouse <laughs> hiding from the hawks in the house of a raven. He says that's just what a bear would say. (laughs) He says you sound like a bear, too. (laughs) Is that what a bear sounds like? Yeah. Not one I've ever heard. I've seen the Revenant. That's exactly what they sound like. <laughs> the my t- favorite, my favorite part of those exchanges is when Seagal's thinking of what to say back, and he's like, "Tell him I said thanks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I clipped that one and then decided not to because I had so many others. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You will redeem the world and and the land from the horrible man. You will be the bear spirit, and you will conquer." Uh, you know, the guns and whatever. And he's like, thank you. And tell him I said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, number two. Essence. What does it take? What does it take to change the essence of a man? <laughs> Time to change. <laughs> Time. I do too. I do too. We love to give you a ride home. Thank you, my brother. We're about to go on a sacred journey. This journey will be good for all people. But you must be careful to ride. So, just to give you some context, uh, YouTube as well, 
uh, the guy's nose is bleeding that he's talking to in the beginning. He just yeah. kicked the shit out of that guy. And then, yeah. and then he's like, he poses a lot of these uh, philosophical questions yeah. uh, that, that really have no substance. But according to Steven Seagal, they do. You know, it's it's uh, what's, um, God, what's his face? Dan. Uh, I want to say Dan. It's not Dan Carlin. Anyway, uh, I'm going to get lost in it. Uh, there's there's a guy who uh, is quoted as saying deepities. It's it's one of those like things that sounds deep, that it, but it isn't. It's a deepity. Um, he has like four deepities in this uh, fucking movie where he, he... But this one's one of my favorite where he's like, what is the essence of a man? How do you change the essence of a man? And then the biker bar dude who's just been, you know, had his ass kicked is like, I need time to change. Like his, he's not pissed anymore. He's just like, please don't beat me up, I guess. So he's, I, I just, it's not, it's not a real scenario in, in any sense. No one would ever say what Steven Seagal is saying. Yeah. And that guy would continue to try to beat you up or like call his friends to yeah. beat you up or, you know, it's like most preposterous thing, but it's Seagal. Yes. There's a great um deepity. I never heard that phrase, but um Yogi Berra, former Yankee player. Yeah. He was full of those. My favorite is when there's a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's a good deepity. Yeah. Do them all. I want to say this line was actually lifted from uh like a cosmetic commercial or like a cologne commercial <laughs> in the 80s like they actually had the line like how do you change the essence of a man and they took that from that with jacar noir <laughs> That's so tried it again a few years ago too that that was definitely my favorite deepity I'm, I'm gonna leave it though i'm not gonna mention any more in case i clip them i don't remember um all right number one daddy and the drum roll. You know what? Fuck it. Rob, I say we do this one twice because I did not understand it after How one play. This? I didn't know the clips yet, but I, I wanted to do something new. Instead of doing the theme song on the way out, I was going to play us out with the clip instead moving forward. Maybe okay. this will be the one to, to, um, to be the inaugural version of that. Okay, beautiful. Because I did not understand it until my like third playthrough. I had... All right, anyway, this one's called Pesos. We think we got a fucking fire team out there. My guy in D.C. tells me that we are not dealing with the student here. We're dealing with the professor. Anytime the military has an operation that can't fail, they call this guy in to train the troops, okay? He's the kind of guy that would drink a gallon of gasoline so he could piss in your campfire. You could drop this guy off at the Arctic Circle wearing a pair of bikini underwear without his toothbrush, and tomorrow afternoon he's going to show up at your poolside with a million-dollar smile and a fistful of pesos. This guy's a professional, you got me? If he reaches this rig, we're all going to be nothing but a big goddamn hole right in the middle of Alaska. So let's go find him and kill him and get rid of this son of a bitch. To your point, Bob, he definitely read that off a cue card. <laughs> What is he? T what are we talking about? I mean, it took me well, seriously. It took me like three playthroughs to understand. Like, <laughs> you drop him off at the Arctic Circle in a bikini bottom and and no toothbrush. He's going to show up at your poolside with a million dollar smile and official basis. <laughs> Steven Seagal wrote that. Now. It makes less sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe the first time I heard it was the most sensical. 
And this is when he rolls out of bed and like a thousand Polaroids of himself just like slide off onto the floor. <laughs> yeah, and then he writes into his journal the thing he just dreamt, which, which was that line. <laughs> oh my god, insane. All right, Rob, let's do your ad read. Oh, this is timely. Here we go. Hi, kids. It's me, Ronald McDonald. And I'm on the set of my very first motion picture ever. It's a movie called Mac and Me. And it stars my little friend from outer space here. His name is Mac, and I want to introduce you to him. Mac? Rob's Ad Read. Today's episode of The Worst Movie Ever Made is brought to you by Aegis Essential Oils. Aegis Essential Oils are a surefire way to make your skin glow, your hair shine with a majestic luster, and your gut sing the national anthem at Fenway like an angel on free hot dog night. With Aegis Essential Oils, you can get dropped off at the Arctic Circle wearing a pair of shitty underwear without your toothbrush, and tomorrow afternoon you'll be able to show up poolside with a million-dollar smile. Aegis Essential Oils, slither your way into wellness. Oh, my God, that's perfect. Awesome. Glad to have you, Aegis Essential Oils. Yes. <laughs> they rebranded. Ageless. Uh, Ageless. Ageless Essential Oils by Aegis oh. Essential Oils. Uh, all right, Bob, take it away in test number five, the worst production. The worst movie ever made presents the worst production. You pick up the finished film all right all right i i I talked about this over text at first and we've mentioned this already i think twice today (laughs) we're not even halfway through (laughs) it is it is a faulty morality arc it is yes that is the that is the tag so there was an introduction to the character of seagal protecting a native tribesman in a bar remember that yes then a few frames later, he accepted the entire religion and basis of nature of, of the uh, native tribe. Yes. Then, very soon after that, destroyed any person, whether a threat or not a threat, whether they pointed a gun at him or not. It was a backwards morality slope, and I hated it. Did you say slope? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just, it just watching more Steven Seagal movies as the more and more we do the show just makes the Will Sasso mad TV skits that much. <laughs> oh my god, funny. they're more accurate. <laughs> more of these we watch. Like, I knew he was like making fun of an action star who's a little like kind of dim witted, but like when you, yeah, now that we're getting the full scope of Steven Seagal, like it's just <laughs> those those bits land so much harder now. It's fucking amazing. Like he killed uh, everyone on earth basically and destroyed an oil rig, and then he's talking at a press conference like he's the the authority yeah. on morality yeah the the beacon of ethics um <clears throat> i don't yeah i don't know it, it, it's weird but like i i don't know if i wrote this in the catch-all i don't remember but um it, it, he's and i did say it in um the pitch but he's invincible right i mean yeah. it like not only is he you know taking out every single person at the oil rig as if they're a murderer like like they deserve to die but yeah. no one can stop him in any movie. And that, doesn't that re- like just kind of release the tension immediately? Like when you know, yeah. when you see Steven Seagal in the billing in the beginning, 
you know he's he, there's not going to be any tension. He's just going to kill everybody and win. Yeah. The, the thing I, I learned about Steven Seagal is he's, he's not the hero. He's the protagonist. That's how I'd put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that's rare. Not not to us. I th- he thinks he's yeah. the hero, though. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, test number six, the worst acting. Not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Just the worst acting. Oh, man. <laughs> so the right. reason I did, we were talking about that bar fight earlier where he's just beating yeah. up a bunch of, like, oil guys, even though they're just yeah. friends, defending friends. Uh, see if you can uh, catch the title of this clip in the clip with number one. My nuts. I went a little longer on one of the clips on this because I felt like okay. it was necessary. I'm not sure which one it was. So I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Well, let's see. That's uh, Natives 8 and uh, Oil Workers 0. <laughs> Anybody else want to play with Cupcake? No, you're mine. <laughs> right between my legs. Did you use those to beat up on this little native man? Big <laughs> balls? Okay. We're gonna play a little game. We'll play the hand slap game. One man leaves the circle. I miss, you get a shot. You miss, I get a shot. All right. I'll play your game. You play my game. I'll play your game afterwards yeah. if I'm still standing. Because I might not be. Because you're a tough guy, you're a man. And you got big balls. <laughs> Am I the only one wanting to see the guy's game? Yeah, we played the hand slap game. I want to know what the other guy's game was. You know, I like I like bar brawl games. It's like a three-hour rousing game of Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> They're just sitting there, like going around the board. The, the, the part of this movie I thought was the funniest was in this. This, this scene was one of them. When you can like hear these little things shouted out in the it, during the oh, scene. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. My the press conference <laughs> scenes were so funny. <laughs> yeah. They have like Michael Caine in front of all the press, and you hear just out, out of the, the blue like, oh, you, if you were us, you'd understand. Like all these like little weird, <laughs> these little weird <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even even in these bar scenes, they're like, they don't know. This guy doesn't know about Forrest, does he? Yes, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Like, like everybody at the bar except for this like bar patron doesn't know how much he's going to fuck you up. Yeah. Of course. Everybody knows how tough Forrest is. And to your to your point with the most offensive Chris, where like she's like, please don't break anything. And immediately he throws someone through the fucking jukebox. <laughs> yeah, the jukebox, which is like five hundred bucks back that's then. Like five, that's like five thousand yeah, dollars. Back then, yeah. And and then each table is like a hundred dollars. He breaks yep. chairs, he breaks glasses, like he cost his lady like four grand. Easy. Yeah. All right, number two. Ovulate. Yeah. Thank you. I've never 
never going to be a written statement. Thank hey, you. Wait a minute. Things are never going to be the same. Aegis Oil always wants to talk about acceptable levels of this and acceptable levels of that. Right. But yeah. the people yeah. here want to talk about the poisons in their environment right. that weren't here before Aegis Oil came to town. We want to talk about the increased rates of skin cancer. Women who fail to ovulate, and when they do, they give birth to abnormal babies. What about yeah, that's, that's what the tribal council wants to talk about. Is this the same tribal council who sold its oil and mineral rights to my company 20 years ago? Thank you very much. The same tribal council, sir, that will get those rights back 12 days from the day when you don't make the startup deadline for ages one. <laughs> we'll make the deadline. We'll see about that, Mr. Jennings. Is that a threat, Mr. Itak? Blood of our people is upon you, Mr. Jennings. What is it, Larson? It's oil. Oh, thank God. This is a new fucking suit. Michael Caine should not have had to lolly with any of these people. Like, that that dude, I don't know where they got him from. He's just he like a native worst. from where they're shooting. He was yeah. the worst actor in the whole movie. Oh, he was he was horrendous. I had to clip him. I, I couldn't help it. I, I knew, I was thinking to myself, like, he's inconsequential, really. So why clip him? But I had to. He's that bad. Like they should not have included him, and they shouldn't have made Michael Caine volley with him because it just it it just demonstrates a real actor from whoever that guy is that they were just like he looks native enough. I don't I don't know. So yeah. I'm familiar enough with Michael Caine. He's in one of he's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies, Weatherman. It's like that's a fantastic. Oh, I love Michael Caine. He's great. But, how, where was he at in his career at this point? Like, was this like a contractual obligation that he clearly didn't want to do, or like, was well, he so, like looking for work still? No, I mean, like, like, <laughs> this is not, this is not the 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 end all be all movie. But have you seen Muppet, Muppet Christmas Carol? No, Chris, I have not <laughs> seen Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> he plays Scrooge. Okay, that's a big role. <laughs> I don't know what year that and was. I, mean, awesome. I just don't know. I just don't know like the timeline of his career. No, I'm sure he's an established actor at this point. All right. He, oh, totally. I want to say he like 80s, 70s, probably. The 70s yeah. was his like yeah. heyday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but he, he, but I mean, he's in so many movies. Even now, he's he's still acting. He was yeah. actually second in line for this movie. He was uh, Jeremy Irons uh, turned it down. Huh. Oh, no kidding. Okay. He was, he, was, he was originally cast. I just find it weird that like he took this role. There had to have been like a contractual, like a three picture deal. And this was the third Yeah, picture. right. One of those, like the studio had him. On the hook, yeah. anyway. Yeah, and like we'll just cash him in. I, I would wait. I would, I would never let. That's like playing a Michael Caine like rookie card. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, when it comes to how studios work, Seagal's movies made money before this. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no question. They made. That's money. the truth. Yeah. So. Well, they were smaller budget, right? Yeah. The bigger the yeah. budget got, they the less money they made until the point where he was like not making any money, and, and, and probably... I wonder. Go ahead. They probably give you like room for like three or five flops before they finally call it quits, too. Oh, they definitely do. It still turns the franchise around, you know? Yeah, it depends on the rocket. Like, depends yeah. on the rocket that you were. Depends on how uh, far out of the stratosphere you blew. Yeah. But, yeah, like Stallone and Arnold probably had so much more leeway than Seagal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, number three. Uh, I only call it this because it won it's in the clip, but two, uh, it's a movie we've done. Uh, where where can they find Hocus Pocus, Ron? Hocus Pocus 2 <laughs> at www.theworstmovieevermade.com. It is Hocus Pocus 2. All right. Anyway, number three, uh, take it away with Hocus Pocus. Have you learned anything from my father? 
What do you want me to learn, Masu? Huh? I mean, do you really think that this hocus-pocus spirit stuff is going to help us now? What do you think? Some angel is going to miraculously come down out of the sky and stop, say, 350 billion tons of oil from being spilled into our oceans every year? Maybe some ghost will stop all the cars from using gasoline. Maybe, maybe somehow some spirit will trip the big switch and all the technology that's been repressed for the last 70 years will suddenly be ours and it'll be a better place to live, a beautiful place. Maybe I should send my spirit guide over to Aegis One to stop it from going online so that Jennings can't fuck you and your people out of your land and your way of life forever. See, I love the spirit world and I loved your father, but it doesn't matter right now. What really matters is the cold, hard reality of this world, and that's what we got to deal with. I didn't want to resort to violence. I don't have a choice, and I'm not taking any chances this time, because I can't. It's <laughs> <laughs> another corrupt morality moment where, yeah. like, is he or is he not, like, on board with the spirit helping him achieve his goal i, I really yeah. don't have a clue right they yeah. just wiped clean that entire segment of the movie right there yeah yeah and um my 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 biggest issue with this <clears throat> a the acting it, the acting is terrible that's why it's in worst acting but this takes place over like 13 days right give or take uh, yeah yeah right because of the uh, deadline yep yeah so i have 13 days and then the rig goes up so when it must be 13 days when he says i loved your father like all he's he's like implying that like, he's lived with them for years and he learned their ways and he became one of them he's, yeah exactly like, he was probably with them for like four days yeah it hasn't <laughs> been two weeks it hasn't even been time, eight weeks and half the time he was gravely injured not even having his vision quest so like i love your father <laughs> i love the spirit world like, you, you were there for like a fucking like not even like a full week Rob, one of, one of the hidden gems of our podcast, I think, is what is is the like clip that we never clipped of you uh, delivering the samurai cop like Swiss bank accounts thing. Can you <laughs> can you give me a sample of that? Do you remember any more of it? Because that's what it reminded me of. You guys have millions of dollars in your offshore oil accounts, feeding off of death and disorder. Well, these honest working Chinamen are. Like, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> These honest working non normies or non trying really hard. Uh, that's make me look real bad. Cool. Anyhow. <laughs> uh yeah, it reminded me of the samurai cop uh monologue where he's like pointing uh the finger, you know, at, at the, the mafia boss or whatever. Yeah. Um and it's another PSA, which is really weird. Let's not talk about the PSA. We'll do that later. Speaking of which, though, number, and this last clip of the day, number four, Scum of the Earth. This is the one I made go longer, by the way. All right, cool. I trust you. You know, I've been thinking about this for a long time. What does one say to a man with no conscience? (laughs) Was that it? You're a piece of shit, Michael. Scum of the earth. I don't know what you did with my rig, Forrest. But whatever it was, I want you to stop it. Turn it off. I'm leaving. I got a better idea. You're a macho man with a coat of honor. You won't shoot me in the back. Shoot me, God! Shoot me, you fucking coward! 
you haven't got the fucking guts. I wouldn't dirty my bullets. You macho <laughs> asshole. Go ahead, shoot. Dirty word for me, Forrest. I had to keep the screaming. Like you, you were like 10, 15 seconds shorter than that. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. we need that. We need that. It, it was nice. It was a good long scream. I, I actually was debating it, but it was like a minute long or a minute 15. Yeah. And I was like, we'll cut it in a minute. I I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping for an epilogue where Michael Caine was on the shore being washed off by a oil a rescue worker. <laughs> Dawn. Like, like the ducks. <laughs> they just, they just dip a like already struggling duck into a vat of dawn to start scrubbing its face with it. <laughs> um, I love when he says, "I wouldn't dirty my bullets." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's another one of those uh, questions. It's a deepity where he's like, "How much is enough? Yeah. How much is enough, Michael Kane?" <laughs> no, that's not his name, <laughs> Mr. Jenner's. Right, whatever his name was. How much is enough, Michael Caine? All right, let's go back to Bob uh, in Fact or No Fact. See if Chris can go four for four. Four. Fact or no fact. Money now and a lot more when I get in that office. I can take that to the bank. Take you to the bank. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. Blood bank. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Here we are with fact and no fact this week. Uh, this this fact and no fact I uh, was was for the movie on deadly ground, and I yes. I couldn't think of anything else, so I said I am ready to be drowned. <laughs> well, and this fine. This is a hard one. Uh, so I I listened to the last week's episode, and I totally fucked up the intro, and that's why you guys were so confused. I apologize. Uh, uh, we have four facts and one lie. That's one lie. The way it, that's one the way lie. it works. One I'm going to write that down because I always have a Freudian slip. One lie. Okay. I, I, I drove that last week. I apologize. Ah, all good. Okay, so the first uh, fact or no fact is Steven Seagal's, uh, this is his only directorial effort. Okay. okay. Second one. Okay. Seagal insisted on filming a sex scene with him and the female lead, though it was eventually cut from the final release. Hmm. Okay, third one. The cast of this movie includes three Oscar winners. All right. Third, fourth one. The working title of this movie was originally Rainbow Warrior. And lastly, the director of the, the commercial, remember the, the, the really quick uh, like PSA commercial that Michael yeah. Caine's character was in? That was yeah. actually the director of The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that'd be cool. So let's see if you can figure out what the lie is. That's what I know, because I thought the director of Empire Strikes Back was George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- he gave up the reins, I think. Yeah, no, I think he just produced, executive producer, whatever. Um, <clears throat> I- I'm leaning towards his only directorial effort, because I want to say... I want to say he, he dipped his we- wiggly little wiener in many pots. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I also call bullshit on the insisted on filming a sex scene, but Bob, you're implying that they filmed it and then just never put it in the final cut. Is that yeah. right, Bob? Is that what you're implying? Yes. Okay. Because like, because like to who I forget which one of you guys said it earlier, but like 
even though he gropes people on the set, he's pretty like he likes his characters being like virtuous and not like not succumbing to their baser urges. So I don't find that believable based on that thing you guys just said off the cuff. That may or may he, not. He did it in Hard to Kill. Did he? I, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Never mind. There goes that. Okay. Includes three Oscar winners. That's believable. Um, Rainbow Warriors, also believable. And I, until 40 seconds ago, I thought George Lucas directed The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with my gut and say number one. I think that's a lie. I think he's directed more things since <clears throat> or before. Because, like, either he successfully had directed in the past, and that's why they let him do it again. Or, like, this was, like, the beginning of his descent, and he's going, oh, my movies are tanking. Maybe I should get behind the camera more so than in front of it. Um, I'm going to go number one, though. I, I still think, yeah, I think that's a lie. I think, I think he's directed more things. I assume he's directed some of the really, really shitty movies that's come, that have come out of late with, like, his own money and stuff. Uh, so I don't know why I feel like I feel like it's good Bob Foolery to throw out that he would direct like a sex scene with the girl that he finds attractive. And I have a catch all joke that I'm not going to ruin yet about that. So I, I'm guessing that's the good Bob Foolery of, of the episode. Um, I think Arlie Ermey, Michael Caine and Billy Bob Thornton probably have all won. Oscars. Um, I don't believe it was called Rainbow Warrior. I I don't believe that Steven Seagal would call a movie Rainbow Warrior, and it didn't really have a lot of a lot to do with rainbows. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with the Rainbow Warrior. All right, so Seagal happened to produce quite a few movies, but this was his only directorial. Oh, that's efforts. where I screwed the pooch. Okay. Sorry, Rob. Uh, yeah. I don't care. So, I, but I, I'm with you <laughs> on that. That, that. that would make the most sense because I, I would think he directed a ton of the straight to video stuff. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Same. Uh, that's why I was like nodding very heavily when Rob was saying that. I made up the second one because I thought of Hard to Kill when he had Bob that weird, that weird sex scene. So I knew it. I made that. I made that completely. Up. I knew it. Uh, the, the Oscar winners, though, uh, the, this you're gonna love this one. It was Michael Caine. It was Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, and it was the bar owner that was. She was what? the. She was the Oscar winner. She was uncredited. Grease she too. won her Oscar for um, Cuckoo's, <laughs> Cuckoo's Nest movie. Oh, oh okay. All right. One flew over the Cuckoo's Nest. She, oh, she, she was the... nurse. She was nurse. Orly. Yeah. Okay. So Arlie Ermey doesn't have an Oscar then. No, he does not. Well, he's dead. And sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the working title of this movie actually was Rainbow Warrior. God damn it! So that was the commercial. Uh, and that director. was the fucking fuck. Back. <laughs> fuck. Uh, that was the Empire Strikes Back director. That threw me. I'm like, well, Rob, I'm not 100% with you. I knew Lucas didn't direct almost any of them, I don't think. Yeah. But uh, the first, yeah. I, I definitely thought it was be someone who I didn't recognize. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, right. That was the guy. Yeah. And he, did, no he did almost nothing else noteworthy. That was like the only big one he did that was actually good. Well, why? I mean, I would trust it. If he did Empire Strikes Back, that's the best Star Wars movie. Right. Literally. Yeah. And that's one we did. Uh, where, Rob? www.thewarsmovieevermade.com That's one of our good movie episodes at the end of the season. I don't know. We, we're on season like 17 now, I think. We keep losing Yeah, 17, count. yeah. Um, but that was like season 16 or 14 or 3 or something. So, so three. 
Uh, all right. Well, I won three out of four, so I'm still a winner. Yeah. Fucking Rainbow Warrior. Where'd you come up with that? <laughs> that was for real, man. Oh, yeah, true, true. That's a fact. Where'd they come up with that? It was actually a second. It was a second working title, but Rainbow Warrior is what the original name actually was. No way. That's fucking crazy. There was probably probably some line at some point in some iteration where they're like, the bear is the warrior of the rainbow, and you need to get out of the falcon's nest to to drain the rooster or whatever the fuck they said. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to have to drain the rooster after this podcast for sure. Take that as you will. Let's throw it to the catch-all. Time to have a little bit of fun with the catch-all. We're going to get our little nets. We're going to prance around like SpongeBob catching the jellyfish. And we're going to catch every darn little thing that we want to. Doesn't that sound like fun? Bald Eagle opening. How American. As soon as the movie opens, it's a fucking bald eagle. Seagal and native regalia. I'm going to interrupt already. Go. Dur- during his uh, Rainbow Warrior uh, sequence, when he's yeah. like, they-, they show a quick shot of a bald eagle that is obviously a toy bald eagle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hysterical. I was trying to clip it for the trailer, but it was too quick. I couldn't get it. Fuck, that sucks. Uh, Seagal and Native Regalia is amazing. It really is. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's not even for South Park to make fun of it. That's like Cracker Barrel gift shop native. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like what a cowboy thinks of an Inuit auto yeah. like, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's so brave walking directly into fire like that right in the beginning. With his little stogie, yeah. Yeah, and his like oh, right. fence that's a shield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, so much so that he lights a cigarette on the rig. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. Uh, he knows exactly how far to stand from the explosion, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one of the bar goons, I don't know if you caught this, guys, but is a goon from The Mask with Jim Carrey. Yeah, the... the, the um... Yes, yes. Oh, you know, I, I was thinking of the guy from Dumb and Dumber that he beat the shit out of. But... Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, he's got yeah. just... He's bald completely, except for in the back. He's got, like, a long, like, ponytail. It's like braided in the back, and he's like a big jack dude. He's also in the mask. I've never seen him uh, other than these two movies that I recognized. Anyway, yeah. Um, Jennings is such a surface level bad guy that he's a dick to the commercial director, who was the director of uh, Empire Strikes Back, and the uh, cue card holder. Just because they like, like I feel like they threw that scene in so that you knew Michael Cam was a total dick. Yeah, and the flock oh, yeah. of mice that smelled like shit. The second he cut the commercial. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, these fucking animals smell like shit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually thought that the the best scene in the movie maybe was the torture scene. Oh, the old guy getting his fucking hand bashed up? That yeah, part. he gets his fingers bashed. And then I think they use a pipe cutter on his penis. His leg, I think. Was it his leg? They were pipe cutting his leg? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a big pipe to cut. But, you know. Pipe pipe logic abound on this uh, podcast, yes. so I believe it. <laughs> um, pipe cutting logic. <laughs> I'm going the right up. Pipe cutting logic. Uh, 
ragdoll forest blown from the oil site is fucking hilarious to me. It gets ragdoll yeah. like six times in this fucking movie. Like, like in no way that you could fucking survive. Like the, oh no chance. The bear throw, like the other explosion. I think. Like, this is, yeah, wow. who knows? But yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So Seagull says, "If you wait for new preventers, you miss the deadline." I'm a little ashamed of you. Let me ask you something. How much is enough, huh? How much is enough? <laughs> it's just <laughs> so lame. Um, the spirit of the man bear lives within the smoke. I just, I, I wasn't sure if you guys knew that. <laughs> yeah. If you, 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 get, you guys did get the picture of Al Gore I photoshopped into that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just drop it on top of the caption. <laughs> Uh, Seagull actually says wanton destruction in the movie. Yeah. Which is becoming a, a tagline for us. Yeah. That's a uh, great t-shirt. When we when people email us with their t-shirt sizes at www.theworstmovieevermade.com, we could uh, yes. do a wanton, wanton destruction at the worst movie ever made or something. Oh, like I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of said this already, but Forrest is now given the knowledge of the Inuits, which is Raven made bear to protect land from man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, the tribal leader sees a great spirit in Seagal. Yep. Of course he does. Uh, <clears throat> they haven't revealed his military background yet at, at this point in the movie where I wrote that. Um, I, I think it remains kind of fuzzy, right? Because they say he, he must be CIA or DOD or something. All right. we know is that his credentials are, quote, fuck, he's good. Unquote. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, with sled dogs is also really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's time the man's in motion, dude. It's just funny. Seriously. It's so funny. I'm gonna be your man in motion. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Bob, you, you, so the only reason I'm gonna repeat this is you, you had said this already, but a long diatribe from the tribal chief as he's dying, and, and, and Seagal not only goes, thank you. And goodbye as a response, but he doesn't ask how the spirit world amulet works that yeah. that was given to him, where he can go from uh, spirit world to not spirit world. I, I'd want to know, like, how how do you control it? What if I could become like a superhero? You know? Yeah, that'd be like, cool. I, I was totally expecting him to poo-poo the spirit world in that one scene and then use it eventually, but he didn't. He totally didn't. no, he never did. He just poo-pooed it and then talked about you know how oil is bad for the earth. Um. I thought it was really funny that they had an emergency snowmobile the whole time. That was, that was that actually was the only oh. funny line in the whole movie. Oh, you had this the whole time. You had this the, the whole thing time. That bugs me. And she says it's for an emergency, but this is like hours after their chief gets fucking shot. Point blank. <laughs> they could have probably gotten him medical attention if they used the fucking thing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, this female character is only going with Forrest to, so that Seagull has more days to on the set with her to grope her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's literally along for no other reason that I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say this is the movie that uh, he was accused of doing that, but it wasn't her. It was someone else. All right. Okay. Um, it, it, it was the, one the, of the other oh. naked women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No yeah. surprise there. Um, so, so Forrest and well, so those two are at like his house or whatever, where he has all the guns and the secret compartment. Yeah. 
and whatever. And the guy, bad guys show up to kill him. And, and Seagal goes, oh, looks, uh, oh, look, my friends are here to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, like this move he does all the time, you know, like. Yeah, come on. Come on. Oh, is this not fair? You want to put down the gun? Yeah. How about I use this pool cue instead? Um. <clears throat> okay, so Michael Caine says, and I almost clipped this one. Imagine the ultimate fucking nightmare. That doesn't even compare to this guy when he's pissed, which is another one of the lines that I thought about clipping because it's another one that's just like blowing smoke up Seagal's ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, ooh, a secret gun room. We yeah. love those. Oh, yep. yeah. What was that? Commando, right? Where the uh, the gun yeah. shop has like a secret gun shop behind it where there's yeah. like missile launchers and shit. Well, yeah. I love the um, fact that he goes into the secret gun room and just demands everything he wants out of there. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, and, and, and he's like, and I think that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said, like, specifically, he's like, 12 gauge and all the shells you could find or something <laughs> stupid like that. Truth. Uh, EOD training is uh, explosive ordnance disposal. Arlie Ermy is like, where'd he get his EOD training? And I was like, what is that? So it's him being able to like get rid of, he's on a bomb squad or something. They don't know where yeah. he got that training. Uh, years ago, Forrest made an explosive cabin for a day like today. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, where is he getting all the military grade explosives anyway? I know he was in, but like, where are you getting all that shit? They don't just give it to you. When you're, you're as good as, when you're as good as he is, you just you just know how to. Yeah, but you, you you know how to like make it, package it, like label it, all that stuff, so it looks legit. Not it's only all, does he have a guy, world. <laughs> yeah, it's he's got a guy. World. His guy's got a guy, but his guy's guy's actually him. His guy's guy. Yeah, yeah. that's how, that's how good he is. <laughs> oh. Fucking good, man. He's Here so good. here's how good he is. He booby-trapped a tree so that a guy on horseback would be knocked off. He would fall down a hill and be impaled by a tree branch. <laughs> and it was he had the foresight, because that was like a decoy booby trap, right? Because like, he wanted them yeah. to see it. Well, so they go, yeah. It was like the secondary decoy booby trap. Yeah. They saw the original booby trap that they were meant to see, but then they didn't right. see the explosives that led to the booby trap tree branch. Anyway. Uh, co- coke, a coke bottle silencer. Would that even work? No, that's a loudener. We call that a loudener, Chris, because it's a fucking giant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he takes on Jenner's goons, mercenaries, and the CIA all at once. Even though the CIA never does anything. Yeah. They're just there to heighten the stress. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I love how the um. Bad guys are marveling at how good he is while he's killing them. Uh, Billy Bob, right? That scene where like, yeah, they're they're straight up like, "Fuck, he's good." <laughs> like, <Yeah>. he's like, <laughs> All right, let's go kill him. Uh, d- did um, well, one force uh, isn't susceptible to poison when he puts his hand over his mouth. Yeah, right. <laughs> he turns the knob, and everybody's like. Nobody, I guess nobody dies from it, but they're all like, oh my God, it's poison. They're all coughing, but he's just like turning the knob, like holding his hand over his mouth. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, did the woman accountant, like press sec- secretary lady, did she deserve to die? No. Well, she did kill herself, basically. That that, that was the whole like. It was a was, whoopsie. Yeah, I was wondering how that was going to pan out because, yeah, she she backed the evil people, but, you know, she wasn't as evil, was she? 
I don't think she was. She was well. So the one line that you were supposed to feel like she was evil, uh, she told Michael Caine that he that she thought that the compensation for the families of the dead from the oil rig in the beginning or whatever it's too generous uh, didn't didn't deserve all that he gave them right. And then he was like, "Oh, you see, see why I love this woman? Because like we could have gotten away with. Next time we'll give them less, you know." Yeah. Um, good thing he knows how to quickly blow an oil rig. He just goes in there and starts flipping all these switches, like a hundred switches, and then the thing blows up. I I guess if I ran into an oil rig and I wanted to blow it up, I'd just flip switches too, so who knows? But his was done with purpose. Mine would have been like scatterbrained, like, you know. Uh, bad guy monologue trope. It's it's where uh, Arlie Ermey has him dead to rights with a shotgun and decides to just be like, Put your hands up. I'm going to kill you in a second. Like, right. Yeah. You know? that, that was yeah. so dumb. Um, as if the government is going to let fucking Michael Caine's Jenner's character open the rig anyway after he's blown like half of it to pieces. Right. <laughs> There's no chance. <laughs> if one fucking nozzle is not operational, they're not going to open it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, they drive through the gate, the drive through the gate trope. Oh, That's so many. One. Uh, PSA for fucking days. And then <sighs> last one, Seagal gets Seagal. Uh, Seagal gets the girl, is what I yeah. meant to say. Hey, you know that PSA uh, PSA was supposed to be longer? He filmed like three times that amount. No and, shit. Uh, of and, course. And they, and they, uh, the test audiences just booed it. They that was like an honest to God, like three minutes. I'm not it in was... the least bit surprised. <laughs> It was longer than three minutes, I think. But yeah, it, they, they filmed a lot more. Like over God, 10 Chris. minutes. Wow. Wow. Well, that's all I got. You guys want to mention anything before I throw it to Rob's Magic Marvel Corner? Uh, all I got. Yeah. That, same. That'll do it. Okay, uh, Rob's Magic Marvel Corner. Rob's Magic Movie Corner. Okay, so this is like my 12th or 13th Marvel movie. This is Ant Man with Paul Rudd and um, some other guy who I'm going to name after I start answering questions because I had a similar confusion that I had to a previous episode that you'll find funny. Um, Interesting. I, I liked it. I thought it was okay. a fun movie. Yeah. Um, at, we'll get into it when you guys ask the questions, and uh, we'll take it from there. Bob, you or me? Yeah, I think it's my turn to start. Okay. So, do you, this, again, I don't watch these. So, But I did find out, what did, do you know what Paul Rudd's nine-year-old son said when he found out his dad was going to play Ant-Man? Is it similar to, like, Chris Pratt's son when he did Mario, and he's like, this is disappointing. Basically, he said, he's oh, good. I can't wait to see how stupid this is going to be. <laughs> That's fair. That's awesome. Uh, do you find Paul Rudd as charming as everyone else does? I think he's self-aware enough to, like, know what kind of role he's getting into and lean into it um, with the proper direction. I, I, he, was in, he, he's, he wasn't Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man 1, like, charismatic, but yeah. it, he, he's zippy with the one-liners. It, when he's, like, incredulous to something, it's kind of believable given the circumstances are sure. completely ridiculous so yeah. I, um and he's got a really good head of hair man he does he does I like i envy his his hair too like if if 
Mine, mine's too curly when it grows out, but if I if I had straighter hair, I'd probably rock the the rud. Rock, rock the rud. Rock <laughs> <in> the rud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So along those same lines, I think Chris and I were thinking the same thing. Yeah. Is Paul Rudd deserved of the sexiest man alive honor? Wow. I think Bob and I think so. <laughs> I, I think I'll I'll give him that. I mean, like I'm, I don't um I don't bat for that team, but I could I could see the appeal. Right. If you did, you'd bat four hundred at least, buddy. Well, yeah. Bat for that in the butt. <laughs> catches for that team. <laughs> he just bat for it. Yeah. Or pitch. Yeah, I messed that. The man, can he oh, catch? I think I messed that. You can miss him up now that I, now that you guys have both pointed out. Uh, does Ant Man's uh, junk science bother you as much as it does me? Um, I've seen so many Marvel movies in rapid succession at this point. Uh, it, within the Marvel, the MCU canon, yeah, it was the more tolerable junk science i've seen to date okay um but it's still it's always bothersome to me but i think they did it well in this one considering that this movie's basically iron man meets honey i shrunk the kids the 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 problem basically the big problem is that when when um when you shrink ant man down and he still has the punching power that you would as an an adult man you know like he still has his strength it means that his mass Basically, his mass should also increase, so he should be like, you know, forty thousand pounds or something at at the, yeah. in, in that little of, of concentrated pressure per square inch. I, so when he stands on somebody's shoulder, it should just like shrink to the ground. You know what I mean? Like, so I gave him a pass on that because in like one of the later fight sequences, it shows that's him- totally wrong. By the way, the science I just said that was junk science. <laughs> yeah in some of the later fights it, was, it shows him clearly like take on his regular size pack a wallet and shrink down real quick so it's like it's disorienting enough to the henchman he's beating up but yeah i'm assuming he's punching him with full strength that regular size and shrinking back down before they notice him doing it right like they shrink like a car and the car would like destroy the concrete it's on yeah. you know what i mean in, in that right. concentrated like dose uh, of how small it is uh yeah. compared to its weight you know that's 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 what bothered me Okay. So it didn't right. bother you that much. <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun movie. I had fun. Yeah, as I was reading about the movie, that was what Chris just mentioned was all over the place in terms of like how. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my last question was what does Paul Rudd have to do with this podcast? Mac and me. Yeah, Mac. And yeah. Me. yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that's right. Good call. I want to say yeah. when he that's really funny. He, I want to say when he promoted this movie, uh, because it m- might have been when Conan was just finishing up his run. Yeah. Uh, they did the Mac and Me thing, but they 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 like CGI'd in Ant Man into the into the <laughs> Mac and Me clip. <laughs> the wheelchair off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look it up later. That's too good. I, I gotta look it up, but I, it was like I was like, oh yes, he's still he's still doing it. Awesome. Okay, uh, Rob. My last question is: um, Do you do you know about how Ant Man was theorized to to so so Ant Man could have beat Thanos? Um, it, it, this is not obviously canon. Uh, this is just fan theory. Like do you know how it is that Ant Man could beat Thanos? What's it called when he shrinks down? Like you get um. Oh, I just saw it. 
when you shrink down, you go like to wait to the the way too small molecular level. Where you yeah, come yeah. Back. I'm assuming he would do something like that and get under one of the infinity stones under like the the, the, like the, the quantum. Yeah. Level. No, no, no. They would just shrink him down small enough that he can crawl into Thanos's ass and then expand again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do you think that's possible? That's my question. Uh, it's anybody's world, man, in the MCU. I, I guess it can happen. <laughs> um, I do. That was the third question, right? Because I do have something funny that I want to yeah. tell you guys. Yeah, sure. You know, I I know it was Michael Douglas playing Mr. Pym. Yeah. Yes. I, I, it, it, it was one of those things where like, he's, he's, I haven't seen him at that age with that kind of like get up with the beard and glasses. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, who is that? He looks familiar. And then like the second time I looked at him, like with a better shot, I was like, that's definitely Michael Douglas. But at first glance, I thought it was also Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Again? <laughs> That's why Al Pacino Joe, and Michael Douglas. That's why Joe Montana has has a um staying power. He's just this generic looking like old dude. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> I think he gets cast in like B movies where they couldn't get the other guys. Yes, I think I think <laughs> probably. Right. They have the yeah, same when they could when they can't get Jamie Kennedy. Same same cheekbone, same crow's feet, same like same like. Yeah, affect on the delivery. It's like yeah, every sure. Time I see him, I'm like, I know it's somebody else, but I'm like, that's Joe Montana, isn't it? And then I, <laughs> I, I gather my sense. I'm like, no, it's not. It's and at this point, I'd, I'd be getting Bill Pullman if it was me. Yeah. But... All right. It, it, will that do it? Should we send it to uh, back credit names then? Let's send it to back credit names. Let's do it. And you're the biggest liar of them all. I am warning you. You tell me another, and I'll rescue myself. That is a promise, Miss Rose. Of course. Another plant, Rose. And by the credit names. Bud Carr. Nice. Mm. Billy Bob Thornton. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Got to. Bindang. Yikes. Lucy Buffet. <laughs> that should have probably been the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Webster Winery. Okay. <laughs> Little Crow. I assume I know their origin story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Libby Riddles. Oh. And then Seago Black Star White Wolf is our winner this week. Huh. I also think that they might be Native American. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Seago Black Star White Wolf. That's that's a fucking name. All right, that's all I got. Uh, let's throw it to the movie comparison. Cool. Oh, one thing I wanted to say about um my Marvel movie. Um, oh. one thing I didn't like, I I wrote it down as Paul Rudd's goof troop, like his his like sidekicks. They oh were, yeah, yeah, they were really fucking stupid. Oh, God, that... What's his fucking name? Um, yeah, yeah, I can't think of the actor's name, but uh, he's really popular now. I, the, I, I, his I, right hand man is super popular at this point. Yeah. All right, now we compare. Now it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to compare the movies. Okay, London Part 6 and On the Deadly Ground. Uh, worst of its kind, negative 58.4 and worst for Leonard, and negative 54.2 and worst for On the Deadly Ground. That's uh, almost a wash, but seeing as it's 3.8% difference i i guess we give it to leonard yeah we don't call yeah. that a wash uh no. pitch a team five star 
for all of us. And Rob, you won this week with a four star. So we give it to Leonard again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if Chris is involved, it's usually a win. So the team wins there. Um, we'll talk about the offensive mini game <laughs> in a minute. Dialogue. What's worse? Leonard part six or on deadly ground? Deadly ground. Well, no, no, no. You know what? I'm going to go by entertainment. My, my The way I'm going to assess it is by entertainment value. Yeah, They both had equally bad dialogue, but I liked On Deadly Ground because there are so many good quotables you can pull from it. So I'm going to say yeah. Leonard is worse. It's quotable, but only because it's so, so awful. So I'm going Deadly Ground. I, I'm with you. I'm going yeah. Deadly Ground. Right. Uh, production, bad writing or faulty morality arc? It's the same picture, Chris. <laughs> it looks like nothing at all to me <laughs> the faulty morality arc is a major flaw yeah. but it doesn't it's not as bad as bad right it's not as yeah. bad as letter part six yeah, yeah. letter part six takes us to uh acting wise i think i, I think on deadly ground is worse yeah, I think so too. And it's just from the cue card reading, like the, the whole bikini underwear pesos million dollar smile thing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. You drop them off in the Arctic Circle, the bikini yeah. underwear, and no toothbrush will show up poolside with a million dollar smile and a handful of pesos. pesos. <laughs> that's that's making our bumpers next season. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Uh, Demerits Leonard Part Six probably wins because it's Bill Cosby. What do you what do you got? Steven Seagal is not okay. Steven Seagal, but it's not controversial enough. He hasn't like raped a bunch of girls under age yeah. or anything. So, uh, well, that we know of. That we know of. Yeah. Okay, uh, four to two so far. So it looks like Leonard is going to fucking win again. Let's see how uh, the offensive minigame goes after our bumper. I can kill you now, or I can relieve you of this gift. This black gift. The not so many offensive mini game. The comedy shortcomings in a Cosby comedy, or tapping the tribal chief. Tapping the tribal chief. Tribal chief. Okay. All right. Leonard leaving little lady lassoed. So if you don't remember, he left his daughter uh, tied up to go save his wife. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Or uh, executing innocent engineers. That one. I'm I'm giving it to Deadly Ground again. Yeah. Yeah, Deadly Ground. Wow, damn. Okay. So we'll go to the bonus anyway. Uh Hella Chopping Henchman from Deadly Ground or Rapey Pedophile Lead Actor. Lead actor. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to go out on a limb and say a rapey pedophile lead actor is probably the uh, <laughs> probably the clincher on this one, yeah. Okay, the, four to three. Leonard wins anyway. Leonard part six is yeah. still our fucking season champion. It cannot be beat. Bob, I didn't even know about this movie when you introduced it to us, but it is so bad that uh, it is wiping out a season full of clunkers. Yeah. Next week, uh, what are we doing, guys? We're doing nothing but trouble. Mm-hmm. Why? Why another, are we doing this, Bob? Another Explain one. Explain yourself. Childhood. All right, this this has quite the comedic cast. It's got Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, uh, Chevy Chase, Demi Moore. Oh wow! Tupac. And Digital Underground. What? Yeah, Jesus. they're all in it. They're all in it. And uh, it's horrible and bizarre. And you're, you're going to hate me for this one. <laughs> Quick okay, question. Awesome. 
Can't Quick wait. I, I just Googled it because I heard the name, but I didn't know who was, you were listing off the actors. Story by Peter Aykroyd. Is that Dan Aykroyd's like familiar something that wrote this? Good question. I'll have to research that. Okay. Okay, guys. Guys, look, I ran. I, I thought I had one more piece of paper in my notebook yeah. to, to write my outline on. And yeah. it turned out I didn't have that. So I had to use a, the back end of the, my notebook. So I just want you to see how fucking dense my writing had to be to fit it all in. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus that's that's the back half of the catch-all and then the end of the outline <laughs> Christ. uh anyway all right uh love you guys rob tell them where to find us and then uh bob's last word yeah yeah i may have mentioned this earlier in the show but you can find us you on www.theworstmovieevermade.com forward slash nothing because it's just the worst movie ever made.com you can True. find us on instagram tiktok spotify google play iTunes, email, YouTube, and a bunch of other great stuff. Our new episodes go live every Wednesday at midnight. So really, it's like late Tuesday, really, rather than early Wednesday. I always sure. confuse those two. Um, and then our YouTubes go live on Sunday at midnight, which is technically Saturday night. But, you know, if you're if you're waking up to it and you're like an early to fall, early to rise, it's Sunday. It'll it's be Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Bob, last words? Uh, I'm going to go with handful of pesos. <laughs> nice and that's exactly what we're going to play the show out with so let's just go to pesos nice. alright guys see you next week have a good one thanks for listening try to understand this we think we got a fucking fire team out there my guy in DC tells me that we are not dealing with the student here we're dealing with the professor anytime the military has an operation that can't fail they call this guy in to train the troops okay he's the kind of guy that would drink a gallon of gasoline so he could piss in your campfire you could drop this guy off at the Arctic Circle wearing a pair of bikini underwear without his toothbrush, and tomorrow afternoon he's going to show up at your poolside with a million-dollar smile and a fistful of pesos. This guy's a professional, you got me? If he reaches this rig, we're all going to be nothing but a big goddamn hole right in the middle of Alaska. So let's go find him and kill him and get rid of this son of a bitch. See you guys next week.